Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, uh, former Army officer. And we thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring our podcast here with co-host Steve Anderson. And we have a special great guest tonight, um, 2017 Army football captain John Voigt. Uh, John, thanks for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And John, this will be our uh, first time kind of uh, interacting with one another. Um, so thanks for coming on, man. Look forward to hearing your story and kind of tell us your 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 vibe now that you're back at West Point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we normally start off about you know the journey to West Point first and how you got there. Maybe a little bit of how you re- recruiting, how Army recruited you. And John, you know, I never know. Maybe I didn't ask you this, but were you a guy? Because I, I read your bio on 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 the website today uh, today just to catch up the old uh, army football bio, and it said that you played a bunch of positions in high school. So you played defensive end. You were a quote unquote be back in high school. Were you or were you not? I was. I did. I played a little fullback. Um, they kind of used me as an H back, tight end, senior year. But um, my sophomore year, I was I was like strictly offense, made fullback, tight end, H back. You know, running out of the backfield running balls, you know, and I, I didn't really start playing defense till junior, senior year. And then uh, I stuck with defensive end kind of outside linebacker. And that's kind of what I got recruited as. When does army come kind of come into picture for you and how does that all work out and how you got to West point? Um, pretty late. So I'm, I was actually not very recruited at all. Um, I, I had a lot of FCS FCS offers, um, Army was my only FBS one. Um, to be honest, didn't know what West Point was. Um, I remember, uh, Steve, you probably remember John Mumford. He uh, came strolling into uh, to my high school and he sat me down and, and, and basically gave me the lowdown and everything that, you know, entailed at, at USMA. And, you know, I was like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll go take a visit. You know, it sounds awesome. You know, my grandpa was in the Army. Um, granddad was in the Navy, unfortunately, but, you know, a military service in the family and, uh, went up there, took a visit and then, you know, kind of fell in love with it and, uh, worked out. John, I've got one of the best, uh, quotes about what coach Mumford described me as, uh, so they were asking him about linebackers, you know, how the linebacking core looks. It's like going into my sophomore year. It's like my first year starting. And he's like, I mean, is he your 6'4", 6'5", middle linebacker that you want? No, you can eat peanuts peanuts off the top of his head, but he's going to hit you, and you're going to know every time he hits you. So that's one of my favorite uh, John Mumford quotes other than, uh, come on, meat. He used to always call me meat. He'd be like, come on, meat. Let's go. He, he was a big reason. I loved him. And unfortunately, you know, things worked out when I was at prep, and then he had to change over and, you know – it, it was great that it happened, right, looking back on it. But uh, he was a great guy, still kept in contact with him. My dad used to hit him up all the time when I was playing. You know, he's just an all-around awesome, awesome dude. Yeah, I love Coach Mumford's great. I mean, he he lasted through multiple um, coaching regime changes. So, I mean, he was there under Coach, uh, Coach Ross, then Coach Brock, then Coach Ellerson, then Coach Munkin. I mean, he's uh, – he was, you know, other than Coach Waugh, I mean, he was pretty much solidified the the 
you know, kind of like consistency through the coaching staff. So great yeah. guy. Love him. He had to take over the interim coach, right? He was an interim head coach too. And that's something that's not, you know, the greatest job in the world to take over a program where, you know, you might not be around, but they, he must've had that connection to the players because they kept them around for a long time after that. So, uh, John, when you so you go to you go to um, the prep school first, right? I do. And then at the at that prep school, Jeff Jekum was on last week. There was a group of guys at that prep school, right? And you guys kind of that's where the connections start building. And I I don't know if then is there some talk about maybe turning around the program there at the prep school, or how do you guys get that group started, so to speak, up there? Yeah. Um, so we're at the prep school, and then. You know, Army doesn't have a great of year, and we're all Ellerson's recruits, right? And uh, unfortunately, that staff, you know, gets let go. And at at the time, you're thinking like, oh man, like, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? You know, my coach just left. He recruited me. Like, do I, do I want to leave um, and check out other schools, or or do we stay? And I, I think at that point, all of us were just so bought in. Um, you know, our big coach there was uh chris nichols he's currently the oc and head strength coach just a awesome dude and we kind of rallied around him and you know each other and a, a lot of kids did leave and i think the, the core guys who decided to stay you know i think we uh we understood that we were kind of the ugly stepchildren coming in because we weren't you know the recruits right but uh you know we're like let's do this thing you know let's let's go win some games and it definitely started there John, similar, um, it was like the spring of my prep school year where Coach Ross um, stepped down and Coach Brock was named the head coach. Um, not a lot of turnover, um, you know, hired in-house, got the job. So it wasn't a lot of turnover. Um, but there was, enough, there was like the same kind of deal, like, you know, um, no harm, no foul at prep school, right? I still got all my eligibility. Um, tried it out, you know, no one's going to fault me for leaving now. You know, I've got all the kind of cards in my play to, to go. And there's a core group of guys as well for my prep school year that, that got together. Um, Chris, Chris was, uh, Chris is actually a, um, good buddy of mine. Um, we're saying from the same area in Maryland, he's from Middletown, you know, 25 minutes, uh, you know, from where I'm originally from in Maryland, um, uh, played against each other in high school. We got the same birthday. Uh, he played. He played fullback. I played linebacker. We played against each other. Uh, played against each other when he was on the scout team, and, and I mean, we, our whole, um, you know. And then um, obviously, I got a chance to visit him at Walter Reed when he was recovering. Um, just awesome dude. You know, that's a good guy to get on the podcast, Sal. Um, oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, talk about a guy who <laughs> lives, breathes uh, resiliency in Army football. Um, that is, um, awesome dude. But yeah, so Chris is, Chris is a great guy to rally behind and, and kind of get the, the mentality of the prep school team ready to go. 100%. Yeah. And what better guy than, you know, like you said, old grad played football combat, but that, you know, coming in, you're 18 year old, you, you know, you're just, you see how like cool that is, you know, Chris, knowing if you know his story, um, just a, a great leader, great guy. And so we really rallied around him and, uh, you know, he's, he's been a staple in our, all our lives. You know, I, since I've been back here, I'm, you know, I, I constantly hang out with Chris and 
his family. So awesome guy for sure. Yeah, I, it was my bad. Jeff Ajekin was a direct admit. I think I mentioned Jeff being a direct admit, but guys like John Trainer up at the prep school with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan England's a direct admit too, I believe. So, I mean, but Ryan's a direct. Yeah. yeah. When you guys get there your freshman year, you have the guys from prep and then you have the direct admits who, like Ajekin, I think Ajekin was a little bit late recruit for uh, Munkin and stuff. Um, that freshman year, I mean, it's Munkin's first year, and we know we've heard about the locker room stories, right? Where he goes into the locker room and that uh, trashes, you know, throws uh, the guys who have the messy lockers into the visitors' locker room at Mikey. I mean, uh, I don't think that was that was couldn't have been you, John. I wouldn't think, right? It was, it was not me, but well, it could have been anyone. I mean, if you had, you know, if you just happened to see like the, you know, like the turf little specks in your locker, you just, you know. Where that kid with the, you know, unfortunately your cleats kicked off and like it, you know, see ya. Like it was, it was just he was feeling some type of way. Like that's just how it was. Does that kind of is that where the culture starts for the program to make the turnaround when that kind of stuff happens? Where you know this guy is not messing around. You know the littlest details are important. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It it definitely started there. Um, I remember that. Um, that fall camp, you know, when we first get there, we just got a dose of, of like, welcome to college football. We were just running sprints, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, I was besides that spring ball before, which we weren't there at, you know, this was Monken's first fall camp. It's about to be our first season. And, you know, he was, he was whipping us in the shape. So, you know, it, it definitely was a culture shock. And I think something that was, needed for sure to set up base but uh it was definitely a start yeah i think that's um you know looking at the the difference in personalities and the difference in um leadership leadership styles and and coach ellerston and coach munkin uh it's the same way in the military where um you know you take over a platoon you take over a company and the guy before you was a certain way um, you know, the, the biggest thing though, and, and this is why a lot of people, you know, coach Munkins is genuine, genuine, you know, like he was doing what <laughs> he wanted to do. And that was his leadership style. Um, and, uh, for good or for worse, um, you know, it obviously worked. Um, so, uh, I can imagine the, you know, you coming in, like, that's, that's all, you know, man, you know? That's all you know at Army yeah. football. The, 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 where we talked to guys when it was like their second, third year in the program, those upcoming seniors, those oh, seniors yeah. that have already been through a couple camps that are like kind of like, yeah, like camp is good, camp is fun. And then it's just like, boom. <laughs> like, this ain't no camp you've been into, son. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. So uh, that's good, man. I mean, I think that's I, I you know I'm a big attention to detail guy myself, so I think it's it's huge. I remember the fr- freshman year, John. Um, one early early uh, preseason practices. What I noticed right away from you is you were a guy who, when practice was over, you were still working on your craft, so to speak. Right, you were out there hitting the sleds. You were basically one of the last persons to leave the field almost every practice that I noticed. I mean, is that something that you always had that kind of mentality growing up playing the game, just like 
just you're, you're never perfect. You always have to work on, on your, on your game, so to speak. Yeah. I think that's definitely something I, I picked up growing up. You know, I, I grew up in a pretty competitive family, sporty family with my brother, my dad, um, my dad coached us all the way through up and he's, he was constantly, you know, reminding us like, Hey, like, you know, when we played baseball, I'd be like, Hey, did you hit your balls today? Shoot off the tee. Uh, you know, did you, you know, go run sprints, whatever. So it, I, I just came through that, I guess that kind of background. And uh, yeah, I, I just always, you know, wanted, you know, if I had a time, I was going to better myself, you know, I, as a, as a plea at the Academy, you ain't got nothing better else to do. Right. So, you know, might as well do a couple of drills after practice. You know, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go home or go to my room and down the barracks and, you know, kick rocks, right? Yeah, John, I'll tell you, I, that was uh, freshman year is probably it, uh, backed off sophomore and then junior year. But freshman year is probably the most uh, post practice work I've ever put in. <laughs> 100%, like I wanted nothing to do with going back down there and listening <laughs> to somebody have something to say to me. I'm already in a bad mood. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to get in trouble if I go down there. So me and my boys would, we'd stay after, do extra work. One, we needed it, right? It's our first time learning the defense or, you know, learning the skills. So one, we definitely need it. Um, and then two, we'd go straight to the library. We wouldn't even come near the company area. Like I wouldn't go in my room until it was like 1030 at night. Wouldn't even yeah, enter no, the company 100%. area. 100%. So, um, that's good, man. I mean, you know, and I, I read an interesting quote because, you know, I coach my kids. Um, I read an interesting quote the other day. It's It was, um, don't uh, overcoach your kids before they hit puberty. Just teach them how to love the game. Um, and then, you know, if they develop the love for the game, then when you start refining their skills, you know, 10, 11, 12, once they start really going through, you know, some competitive school uh, leagues, um, they'll build their, they will be willing to hit extra balls at practice. You won't need to tell them uh, to yeah. do extra because they'll love the game. So I really, you know, I'm a little hard on, on my boys um, as far as expectation management. You know, like right now we're working on golf and I'm like trying to get them to hit. I just need them to hit the ball, you know? So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, um, it was, that's a good thing that, you know, your dad instilled you and you like, doesn't sound like he like forced you to do it. He's just, Hey, did you hit your balls? And you're like, ah, I know I'm supposed to hit my ball. So I got to go hit my ball. Yeah. 100%, 100%. It wasn't like, you know, smack on the wrist or anything, you know, it's just a, a reminder. And then, you know, if you didn't, you're like, man, like shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes you feel, uh, you know, like you should have. But, uh, but yeah, like fortunately, I, I, I grew up. I had you know great childhood when it comes to that. I just all we did was sports, backyard sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, you name it. Um, so I just I think that's just the background I grew up in. And then naturally, my my older brother Luke, you know, he. We're four years apart, but we're con we're so competitive, right? He'd beat me at everything, and then that pissed me off. And you know, you just want to you know keep on going, and one day hopefully you will you know beat him. And so he did like he did wear your jersey number right when he was with the Yankees, right? So he did, he did. That, that's that's something. It was at pretty least. cool. It was pretty cool. Did he? Did, does he? Tell you about that, or are you kind of surprised when it happens? Yeah, he uh, so he told me about it because he was originally 40, right? 
or no, 45, and then Garrett Cole came in, and Garrett Cole, you know, MLB ace, right? Yeah. You're going to give him his jersey number, so he takes 45, and he uh, he gave me or he called me or something or maybe sent me a text, and he's like, hey, man, I'm switching to 59, and then they did an article on it, and it, it was pretty cool. He's yeah, 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 don't he's get to it. Yeah, he asked for his permission, all right? That's right. Uh, he, no, tell, him, John, tell him how the conversation – he Luke <laughs> called you. It was like, hey, John, is it okay if I wear your number? You know? <laughs> and John was like, yes, it's okay. But yeah, and then I, I called the Yankees front office and I get that's it. right. You called him and you're like, yes, it's it's cool. Just let him know my name needs to be on the inside uh, of every jersey that he wears. There you go. Right. John, you gotta be a Cardinals fan, right? Or no? We grew up like if you're from St. Louis, you're you're a diehard Cardinals fan. So it was it was tough when he got traded to pinstripes because because he was a cardinal, but I mean, like it's it's hard not you know rooting for yeah know, right especially you know if you have a, a you know a, your brother or a relative or someone a friend who plays for him so it, it was it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, now he's on the Padres. So that, I mean, not a big not the biggest fan of the Yankees here, John. So good to see him on the, pod, the Padres now and. <laughs> We're 45. I mean, yeah, that's um, you know, what I was your number 59. Just talking about this is something I just out of the blue. You know, I'm thinking of recent players who wore the number 59 also, and I think of Mike Johnson almost immediately, right? Yeah, and I think it hit you and Mike almost maybe he's the offensive version of you. You guys had kind of the same kind of mentality, so to speak, on the field as far as um, getting the job done in leadership. I think, I think that was Mike was a big leader. Um, he came back for a fifth year, and that was just him on the field. Was you noticed in the bowl game? I think where Army was gonna, you know, he he, he just really stepped up. And I just um, you 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 have a you knew Mike as a player, no doubt, right? I mean, do you see that in both of you guys? Or so I I love Mike Johnson, and there's no other person that I would want wearing my number than Mike Johnson or carrying on five nine for sure because. I mean, that dude just – he looks like Army football, you know. Just this big, grizzled dude from Chicago just puts his head down, you know, and, you know, will knock the brakes off you. Like, I, I was talking to a coach the other day about Mike. Maybe it was Coach uh, – I, I don't know who it was. But uh, we're just talking about how, like, just grizzled that dude is. And, you know, that, when I think of Army football, I think of Mike Johnson. So – no doubt, no doubt. Your your freshman year, right um, on the field. Um, how does that trend? You know, how does that start to build up? So you, I think you were a guy who was gonna. You were in the rotation, right? Freshman year, the defensive line rotation, and, and getting some some reps in there. Or? Yeah, so I started at, uh, outside backer, and then by like the second game, I moved to Coach Bateman moved me down to the D line, and uh, I started getting reps, kind of like on third down pass rush and then uh I started mixed in with Joe Drummond um and then you know I'd spell him out most of the time I'd, I'd maybe switch over to tackle you know I'd, I'd I think they kind of put me wherever just to kind of expose me but uh yeah I, I started playing DN I want to say like after after the Buffalo game I think yeah, and that was – I mean, you were recruited to play linebacker there yeah. or were you recruited to play multiple positions there? Yeah, I was, I was recruited to play linebacker. 
I was, I was recruited to play outside backer, and that's what I played at the prep school. Uh, the defense was a little different what we ran at prep, obviously, with the new staff coming in. Yeah. But uh, I think Bateman just wanted me to, you know, I was probably better off pass rushing than I was dropping back. He probably saw a rep of me dropping back into coverage. He's like, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, we're going to put your hand down. And, you know, I, I, I never looked back. And I uh, I played four technique, I think, most most of the time. And then as we started to, uh, you know, put some different stuff in our defense, I moved down to three. I put some weight on. But, but yeah, recruited as an outside backer, moved to DN. John, what was the what was the defense that you moved to uh, your freshman year? It was just a three four, um, yeah. but Ellerson's defense was a little different. I don't I don't remember what we kind of called it. It was like a three five kind of, but I played like a. I mean, it honestly, like, it's like oh, the Ellerson's defense, the double eagle flex is almost like a two a two four a two four five or something like that. Um, yeah, it was. I was. I was playing in a five. I was a stand-up five at prep. Yeah, yeah. So you you were the you were the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, you were the end. So uh, I was just curious um, because in that I thought you guys. I remember Bateman being a three-four guy. Um, you know, but really that turns into like it can turn into a four-three, a five-two, right? You can have your bear. You can have a bunch of different fronts. So uh, I was just curious if you ever did. Uh, move back to that backer position when you were in a defense that they just going to put you down and send it off the edge. But that was good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Toward the end, John. I mean, not toward the end, but during as you're uh, playing within the defense, there's third downs where you're the only defensive lineman on the field, right? And they're yep. moving. They're playing a lot of nickels. They're playing a lot. You know, a lot of defensive backs. And man, that defense seemed to have some success for you guys, right? Yeah, I mean. Uh, from my freshman year to my senior year, the amount of, you know, complexity that went into that defense, it was, you know, we were, it was, it kind of looked like a four, three, most of the time, depending on the teams we were playing by my senior year. Um, I was down in the three and then, uh, you know, we'd have one other D lineman in there. I think Ray Wright or, or a Tuga or something playing like the nose or a shade te technique. And then we'd have, you know, two outside backers, Brinson and Aukerman, and that would be it. You know, we didn't have a lot of size. We'd just, you know, shoot gaps and, you know, try to use our speed. That defense, um, when you – maybe what, junior, senior year, when you guys had all those all those players, I mean, that's one of the best Army defenses that I can remember. All due respect, Steve, all due respect. Um, you know, I mean, you're talking, like you said, um, Andrew King's in that mix, right? Yeah. Um, Timp's in that mix, Brinson, Aukerman. You're talking about Ray Wright. You're talking about Ryan England. England. I mean, Elijah Riley gets in there right at some point. I mean, the talent that you guys had on defense. Um, Cole, are you is Cole around at your at your time or no? Cole Christensen. Yeah, Cole played. Cole played my senior year. Yeah, was, yeah. So there was another. I mean, the talent. Uh, what, what can you say about the talent that you guys had during your time at on on the defensive end? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, starting with. Um, let's see, my junior year, you know, we had Tim and AK, which were unreal. You know, Tim had a great year uh, before that. And then AK and Tim just come onto the scene um, junior and senior year or their junior and senior year and just kill it. Um, and then he had like Ryan, 
who Ryan England, who knew ins and outs of every position. Like he was 100% the leader of our defense. Like he, he knew what I was doing. And you know, if he would, if you would ask me what the hell, what, you know, coverage they're running, I would be like, dude, I, I have no clue. But, um, and then you had Eli. I mean, we, we had, we had a lot of, a lot of talent for sure. Nautical. I forgot about Nautical. Nautical, Christensen, Washley, um, and then Aukerman and Brinson play next to those dudes. They're, they were just animals. I would take a double team for them any day. That was my job. That, that's just different. Um, I don't know if we want to talk too much about your sophomore year there, but that was a year that definitely there were a lot of close games where you guys were a play or two away from maybe – kind of flipping that record, right? And Coach, I remember sitting at that dinner, that uh, banquet after the 2-10 and 10 season, and Coach Munkin said, we're going to flip the record uh, this following year. And I'm really like, in my head, I'm like, I don't know, that's a big jump. But it seemed like you guys, the guys that were returning were definitely fired up to to, to make a change, right? To, to start winning. And um, what do you remember the most maybe about that? Point. And I mean, I'm sure that's something that when that season ends, I'm sure that's something that coach is trying to drill into the team's head that you guys, you know, we're close. We're almost there. You stick with it and it's it's going to you're going to have success. Yeah, I think, you know, because went four and eight freshman year and then, you know, looking at it, that's that person's going to think, oh, you guys went two and ten. You guys made a drop. Right. But like you said, we we were in so many close games. I think we probably could have won, you know, even seven, seven or eight games that year easily, you know, and it just didn't work out, you know, we're a couple stops short. Um, but yeah, I think after that, and I remember the banquet and coach Monken saying that, um, I think we're just fed up, you know, we're just like, we're, we're this close, you know, we got the pieces, we know we do, you know, we're competing in these games. Um, we just, you know, got to play a little more sound disciplined football, you know, which is, which is what we do. And, uh, and if we're going to be, you know, going bowling, we're going to be one in six, seven, eight games. So I think that really uh, that spring ball after the banquet really set the tone. Um, and then going in the fall camp, I think we were ready to go. And it started off with that Temple game. Oh, yeah. Which was awesome. I thought we beat, you know, we beat the brakes off them. I thought it was a great opening game. Temple, what was like American Conference champs at – Past year, 11 games, you know, they weren't giving us anything at all going into that game. And, you know, I thought we just dominated offense and defensively that game. The locker room after that game was nuts because I remember waiting to for the post game and hearing just the, the, the jubilation, you know, that you guys because you knew that I mean, it had to be like that's that's a that's a monumental win for the program. I mean, sometimes, you know, you look at the the streak buster or the big bowl win over Houston or winning the CIC trophy, that temple game's huge in the history of army's, um, you know, re rebirth or renaissance, so to speak. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it was just a big, like, you know, breath out, like, just like, we, okay. I right, like, we're, we're, we're pretty darn good. You know, the past is the past. Let's keep on going forward. You know, let's, let's keep this ball rolling. Uh, John, there's a lot of um, we see a lot of common themes with the the teams that have had success about the year prior, the trials and tribulations that they went through the year prior. Uh, the '95 team, 
for instance, uh, you know, a lot of those players will say that that team was better than the 96 team. Um, I know me personally, I thought my junior team had more talent than our senior, even though our senior had more uh, success um, and gone to the bowl game and stuff like that. So I think it's almost, I'm not going to say it's uh, almost a, almost necessary or almost like, uh, you know, something that always happens, but we see it a lot um, where just like you talked about where you guys were two and 10 and you had so many games that, you know, could have flipped by a play here, play there, a decision here, a decision there. Um, it was the same my junior year when we went five and seven. We easily could have been easily could have been seven and five, if not you know eight and four and stuff. So um, I think going through that that year, you know, you feel bad for those seniors, right? Because you're like, sorry, yeah. It's like, you know, you know, you always feel bad for the seniors. Um, but it's something that underclass, uh, you know, especially those juniors are like, dude, we do not, we do not want to go through that again. Um, and kind of, when you said fed up, that was one of the things I thought going into my senior years, like, dude, I do not want to lose by a field goal again when we miss a tackle here or we, yeah. we miss a batted ball there. Like it's going to be on everybody's mind. So I think it's, uh, I think it's unfortunate, uh, especially for the seniors, but almost necessary for you guys to come out. You know, I think, I forgot what it was. I looked it up at one point when we were talking to somebody else. I mean, you guys were like, you know, it was like minus 28 or some, you know, plus 28 yeah. or something. It was, uh, you know, they, they had you guys, uh, you know, not even close. So it's a huge, um, huge monumental win, like Sal was saying. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you mentioned the seniors because, you know, from that 20, 2015 season, I mean, those dudes, those seniors – you know, have just as much impact, you know, on this culture change than, than we do. Um, you know, and, and it sucks the way that season ended out because, right, like we were so close to winning these games and these seniors, you know, have worked their butts off. And, you know, like you said, you're like, man, like we we got to turn this around, you know, not for, you know, for us, but, you know, for the past guys who have you know worked their ass off and like this program deserves, you know, more and, you know, we're going to get it there. Yeah, I was thinking of a guy like Calvin White. You know, I was thinking of a guy like him, um, just how much he put into the program. And he wasn't alone, you know, just a guy who um, – and, man, you guys definitely got the ball rolling in that 16 season. And, you know, I get, like like we, like I talked about before, that, that streak buster game, John, it's got to be, you know – I mean, do you still – can you still remember moments of that game? Do you still play moments – back to yourself of that game or what, what does that game mean to you and what do you think it meant to the program? Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, th I think we were just, you know, so fed up going in that game and, and we knew like we were the complete underdog. And I, I think it's just right off the bat, like there was maybe like a little uncertainty, right? First game, you don't know what the team you're going to, the team you're going to be, but Offense just came out rolling, and then defense, we just stuck it to them, and we just kept the ball rolling, and all of a sudden, you know, zero hit in the clock, and game was done. We're like, you know, damn, we just, pre we just beat a pretty good team first game of the season, right? Like, that was a good, that was a good uh, first win, and uh, I, I think we, we kept the ball rolling for the most part. What also gives you that, uh, yeah, you beat a really good team, but it's like 
there's no one we can't beat this year. You sure. know, yeah. like if that's the team that is favored by that much against us and, you know, you we've closed out all the outside noise. You know, you talked to a lot of guys on that team about in that Temple game. It was like, you know, nobody gave you guys a chance, but nobody in that locker room knew that. Right. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't about, um, you know, man, we really are the underdogs here. It's like nobody believed that in the locker room. And it goes to that mentality change you're talking about, about no matter who you line up against, like there's a real like the real belief that we're going to win every single game. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, like we said, it's some trials and tribulations go with that. Um, but then you start having success and you beat a, a conference champion uh, the first game of the season. And you're like, all right, well, let's see how far we can take this thing. And I, and not only is that, uh, you know, this is why we talk about so much about, you know, multiple podcasts at Temple Win is because it's not just a win over a really good program, right? It is the the different, the mentality change of Army football. Like we saw it. We, we saw it happen firsthand with that team. Um, and it's like, man, we can, you know, this is going to be a good year. And yeah. Of course, it ended up being the best year in, you know, in 15 years. You know yeah. what I mean? So. It, was, it was a statement for sure. It was definitely a statement. Yeah. And I mean, after that game, right, you guys beat Rice and then the unfortunate passing of Brandon Jackson. And, it, you know, that's mm-hmm. a – that's could be a big blow to the team, but the next week you guys were able to, you know, go on the road and post a win. Um, man, there was a lot of motivation for that when you get toward the end of the season, the Navy game, right, John? And when your team's that's when the team's coming out of the locker rooms, um, with Brandon's favorite song, you guys are uh kind of singing together, right? Scared money don't make it money. Um, yeah. and, uh, that's I mean. You got a lot to play for during the season, no doubt. And you're in the middle of a season that maybe this is a breakthrough season for Army. And it had to be a, a pretty um, – every game probably was filled with emotion, I'm, I'm guessing, in that season. Oh, I mean, 100%. I, you know, after, after that happened, you know, it, we were just all in, you know, wreck with it. And, you know, I, I yeah, after it, I think, you know, looking back, I think UTEP was that year and a bunch of those games, it, you know, it, 28 was, you know, a staple for us and we were going out to play for them and then, or play for him. And when it came to that Navy game, I, I think it was all like, we knew it before we ran out of that tunnel. Like it was already written in the books. Like we were going to go out and win. Like it, we're, we're going to do it for B-Jack. We're like, we're tired of losing these, you know, these dudes like this, we're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, we were like, I get, you know, goosebumps just thinking about it. Right. Running out that tunnel and, and beating them. But, but yeah, I, it was, it was tough for sure. But I, I, Brandon was definitely at that game. He was at every game, definitely at the Navy one. Yeah. I, I mean, can't... the, uh, the final drive, right. It was second and eight. Yeah. Like, I mean, that there, there was so can't... many, you it can't was make like, that stuff what up. was it, the 28-yard line? I mean, there were so many signs. Uh, and, you know, people watching, you guys can believe what you want. But, uh, you know, there's some there's some spiritual power, especially within the Army football uh, brotherhood. So, um, no doubt, you know, you know, I'm watching and, and uh, you know, I can't imagine, you know, all the things you guys went through that year with, you know, losing a teammate and a brother. Um but yeah, man. I mean, it, it was it was evident that he was not he was not going to sit that one out. <laughs> he, he was not. He was not. 
100%. He was there. It's inspiring. I mean, that that was an inspiring season. And then you guys, your senior year, that 2017 season is the best season in Army football history as far as wins and and what you guys were able to accomplish. So you guys did not um, – you guys, you guys didn't drop the ball, so to speak, after eight wins. You got, I, I imagine that that offseason between your junior and senior year, I mean – and you, you're building into you, – you had a leadership role anyway, probably your junior year. I mean, I can't imagine what the offseason was like and how hyped you guys were to get back on the field to even have a better season your senior year, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's – at that point, you know, we beat we beat Navy finally, right? We go to a bowl game, get the, the bull ring. You know, what's the one thing we, we got left, right? It's the CIC. We haven't, you know, brought it, brought it back to West Point since the 90s and – that was that was the main goal, you know. Every other game matters too, right? But you're you're constantly looking at Air Force and Navy, and uh, we didn't beat Air Force the, the year before that eight and five season. So we're going into that year, um, we're like thinking like we got to get these dudes. We're playing at Air Force, and we ended up fucking you know twenty one zero, which probably my the most memorable game. Um, you know, just like a good ass whooping that that was an awesome game at their place. Cause we've struggled their place in the past, you know, from my experience and just going to give it to them. Um, I mean, it was, was like awesome. the first shutout. It was like, the yeah, first I, I don't know what it was, but it was like the first shutout ever. It was like ridiculous. I remember watching that game and just going nuts about just how dominant our defense was. Defense, I, I don't know what record Ramad broke. Uh, offense was rolling. Offense, the O line was just, you know, American dudes. It was, it was a great game. You, you, the defense was pretty fresh in that game, right? Because the offense had a lot, a, a bunch of long drives. I, I think yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, when when you get when you can do that, I mean, is it does it almost feel like? you kind of knew the plays before they're happening in that, in that game uh, air for how you practice them so much that you kind of knew what they were going to do or now? Uh, no, but like, here's the thing when you run against the option, you know, you, you go, you know, we call it CIC, right. When in practice and um, you know, when you, when you constantly run against it and the air force runs a similar offense, so like you, you get the tendencies of the guy you're lining up against and their formations and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say we knew, but you know, you definitely have a, a niche. Yeah, and then so so you beat Air Force twenty one nothing, and then you guys continue the roll, and then you get into the Navy uh, game, and you got the perfect setup for football, right? You got snow on, you got you got the, the snow background there. You got the tenth uh, Mountain Division jerseys, and then you have a Navy team. You guys are having one of the best seasons in Army history, and Navy's kind of the underdog now, right? Navy's kind of the underdog trying to. To, to to get you guys and then man i still think of that 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 play you know i was writing about we had four guys um over the weekend that are going to get rookie tryout camps for army right from this team we have cedric cunningham we have malcolm morrison we have zach harding and we have nolan uh, cockrell i was thinking about cedric cunningham's play in the 2020 army navy game where he tracked down xavier Erline to stop him from scoring and the navy never scored in that game right 50 nothing and that that gets me back to your play, John, with uh, Malcolm Perry. And yeah, I know you've talked about this probably many times, right, about that play. But that is an all-out effort play, right? That is a, that's where you don't give up at all. You play into the whistle. 
And I, I remember you were asked questions about that after the game, and maybe you weren't sure if you got any part of his leg, uh, ankle or whatever, but you, he, he, he fell to the ground. He did not score, and that was a huge play. I mean, you talk about the 21 nothing Air Force win about being a good memory. What, what about what about that game and that maybe specific play, so to speak? If you can get us inside of that play, yeah, I, I think what you know it comes to the play that play definitely gets brought up a lot. What I think of it is, I think it's just another play. Um, I know you know because of the play, you know, they didn't score and they ended up you know only a field goal and not scoring again. But I, I think of it just a regular play. Um, you know if. If any are of my other teammates, you know, all 10 of them were in the same in my position, did make that play too. You know, I just happened to be, you know, in the position at the time. Um, but then I also think about, all, you know, all the other amazing plays in that game, like the John Trainer touchdown when he tiptoed on the sideline. Um, you know, you obviously have the missed field goal. And I, I just remember the O-line just in Darnell running the ball that game. So I, I think about those plays when I think about that game. Um, but, but thinking back, you know, I, like, I remember putting my hand down for the field goal and, and, you know, they had the, the two false starts or whatever it was, pushed him back. And I remember him kicking it. Um, like he, you know, got his foot on it. He got a good got a good kick and it, I remember looking and it was looking good and it peeled off to the left and all chaos broke loose. But I, it, that, that whole game, that whole game where, you know, I don't know how you wouldn't have been on your, on your feet or on your toes, you know, it was just back and forth. That's a great example of like, you know, we always, uh, I always say on social media, what's the greatest rivalry in sports. Right. And you know, you'll, you'll get your Michigan's Ohio state people coming out there. And that game is the epitome of the rivalry. I think that 14, 13 game where it's a tooth and nail game. It comes down to the final play. One team's going to win and one team's unfortunately going to lose. And um, man, I mean, you're, you're at the edge of your seat to the final seconds. And yeah. as, as fans watching and as, as players, like you said, you're, you're just, you know, you're focused, you're, you're going to the very, to the final whistle. And that's what it's supposed to be about. I think, I, I don't know about you, but that to me, that's what the college football and sports is about. It, no, you're exactly right. And it, it like, you know, they call it a game benches for a reason, right? I mean, they don't, you know, have those false starts, right? There's probably a good chance he makes that field goal. And we're not even talking about the game. You know, it's, it's such a wild, crazy, great, you know, game. And, you know, we're, I'm just fortunate to be, you know, a part of it, especially, you know, in the Army Brotherhood and, you know, playing it in college. So, and you guys follow that up. Your your final college game was one of the biggest blowouts in, in bowl history, man. That Houston game was, I mean, we had James Nautical on the podcast. That was the year after. Oh, my fault. My fault. We, we had a, we had an, another, uh, nail biter against San Diego State. Oh, that's right. You had the San Diego State game that goes to the wire. And yeah. I mean, that game is like <laughs> to go out on that game. That's another game that's decided on the like one of the final one of the final plays, right? With Kel Walters' little two point conversion there. You want to talk about yeah nail biters? That's our senior season because I mean, you got the Eastern Michigan game right into the Temple game, both at home. You know, just crazy, crazy last plays, and then. uh we had North Texas, which we should have won. That went in overtime. You know, there's there's so many. I just – I remember being on, you know, 
just the the edge the edge the entire time most of that season because we just had we had some close ones for sure. It, it's crazy how in that sophomore year of yours, right? Just the plays where you're just a play away and stuff like that, and you guys figured out by your senior season and junior and senior season, you figure out how to win games, right? And is it something that you can really describe or is it just something that kind of happens? Yeah. I I think, you know, once you, you know, start winning, it just becomes, you know, an expectation for sure. You know, you get a taste of winning, winning, you want to keep on tasting it. You want to lose. And uh, I, I think we just tried to keep the ball rolling as much as we could. And, and, uh, you know, it, it just so happened, you know, we went from, you know, we took the two and 10 and made it 10 and two. So, yeah. And in, in, in two years, it, one of the best turnarounds in, in college football of recent college football. And, you know, the program might've had a hiccup a little bit, but now two straight nine win seasons. And, you know, this year coming up may not, the schedule may not look like some of the rest, but I look at the start they're, you know, they go out coastal Carolina, right? That's a team that's uh, <laughs> like Coach Munkin said. In the last two years, they've lost three total games. Yeah, you know, so they're a program that's definitely on the rise. And you got a good Texas San Antonio team and Wake Forest again on the schedule. And Wake Forest was a top twenty team uh, most of the year last year. And uh, man, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But that's a challenge, right, John? Every year, I mean, just like you had after that eight win season to build on that. So let's see and. You know, this this team coming up, yeah, they won the bowl game against Missouri, which is a big win over a Power 5 school, but they didn't get the most important win of the season over Navy. So that's got to – the guys coming back definitely got to be fired up for, for – you have to balance it, of course. You know, it's Navy's late in the season, but that's certainly motivation, I'm guessing, for, for them this season. For sure. Uh, the Mizzou game was a huge win, you know, being – being when's the last time being an SEC school, you know, like it was just awesome to be able to to watch that and those guys go out and do it. But uh, you know, the, that the Navy game is definitely what they're thinking, right? Because you know that they didn't, you know, get that one, and that's definitely what is going to be on their mind going into fall camp. So I think they're going to have a big chip on their shoulder going down the coastal. No doubt. And I mean, you look at Air Force. Air Force was a really good team last year. I'm sure they're going to be tough this year. Navy was young last year. And I've read stories that, hey, that went over Army's. Uh, they got them fired up in spring practice. We'll see what happens to their season. They, they, they have the conference play. So that's not, you know, the Americans, not easy for them to navigate. Those are tough games week in and week out for them. So um, that'll be interesting. Uh, uh, so let's real quick, I want to ask you about. So, your uh, football career at Army, San Diego State Bowl game. Did you entertain maybe playing at the next level? Was that in your thoughts, or were, did you want to just kind of get your Army, uh, your your military career so started? Um, I I don't think I'd, I don't pretty sure I didn't draw any interest. Um, I didn't do pro day. I think I was I was kind of ready to you know move on. Um, you know, you have all these you know great mentors here, right? Former players. And, you know, the, you see them go out and, you know, have these awesome careers and do, you know, some really cool stuff. And you're like, man, I really want to be like that guy. And um, so I, I think I definitely wanted to, you know, see what the army was all about. Um, I, I really don't think I had any opportunity to play at the next level at the time. Um, 
I don't know anybody who wanted a 6'3", 255, three technique. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, you're kind of bred at West Point to, you know, eventually become an officer and, and lead soldiers. And uh, I think it was ready for that. Can you, Steve, Steve was going to get into this a little bit. Can you just talk about maybe the mentors that you might have had at West Point and how maybe how they shaped you a little bit there and maybe people that you may, might still ask for advice to uh, to this day? Yeah, I, a lot of them are still here. Uh, I mentioned Chris Nichols. Um, he's constantly been there for me since I was a prep. Uh, Mike Vitti is a big one, you know, you know, former player, you know, Army football legend, right? Um, let's see, Max Jenkins, he was there when I was a senior. Um, Pat Mealy was there. You know, a bunch of just old players, right, that come back and, you know, are, you can go up to them and ask them anything. And, you know, yeah, they might be a captain or a major and you're just a cadet, but they'll talk to you like, you know, like they're sitting on the sideline with you. And it's, it's awesome. Um but yeah, I, I've definitely, you know, when you're here, you're definitely blessed with, you know, some some role models and some guys that you look up to who, you know, it it doesn't stop once, you know, you graduate and commission and go off. Those relationships are, are there. Um, I remember and I, I'm sure Steve remembers, I hit up Steve Anderson um, after commissioning or after you know, my time down at Bullock and, <clears throat> and Benning, I was trying to get the Campbell and he was there at Campbell at the time. I've, I've never talked to Steve. I knew Steve was, you know, this army football, you know, legend linebacker, right. We all knew of Steve Anderson. I just reached out to him and, you know, Steve tried everything he could to get me there and it didn't work out, but you know, that's the type of guy he is. He's, you know, a brother and, um, you know, it was really cool talking to him and I just appreciated what he did or tried to do for me. Yeah. We talked about on this podcast, the connections in the army football brotherhood. Uh, we had Scott Flanick on a couple weeks ago and I don't think Steve and Scott had ever talked before. And Scott gave us a little one-on-one on long snapping. And Steve was like, yeah, they, they were, bro- they were pretty much brothers for, for life after yeah. you know that podcast. And uh, he's talked to a kicker coming in. I know that um, a kicker from Georgia, whose dad reached out just for some, you know, some tips and advice. And uh, he told that kid, you know, whatever you need, here's my phone number. If you need anything, that's what makes this podcast, I think. And having Steve as a co-host here too, so important because there are those connections here and you do get to hear those stories about, you know, how maybe an advice or uh, even if it was a few moments that might've helped you through some stuff. And, and now you're, you're back at West Point, John. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with your you now in the military and, and what what you're up to now. I am. I'm 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 back at West Point because uh, uh, Colonel Bianchi, who's a former football player, so we're talking about those relationships and mentors. But uh, yeah, I uh, I commissioned 2018. I, I did a year down at Fort Benning, knocked out schools. I then went up to uh, 10th Mountain up at Fort Drum, did uh, <clears throat> a little over two years there, and then luckily. Um, I got the opportunity to come down here, um, and I, I now work in the athletic department at ODIA. Um, a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, admin stuff, so, you know, the stuff you don't see as cadet, all the moving pieces, right? So it's it's pretty, you know, interesting to see all that stuff, and I've enjoyed it. A little more appreciation for that kind of stuff? I mean, because when you're playing, obviously, you know, that, that yeah. stuff is it. You're just another, you know – 
soldier, right? You're just doing what you're told and Hey, go, go practice. You know, everything's, you know, laid out for you. So, um, you know, you see, it's definitely a lot of other stuff that, you know, people are putting in the time and work that you don't see. And you, you know, you really appreciate, you know, when you come back and, you know, see all that type of, of things they're doing. I think, um, come, uh, August, I think you're, we're going to see you sneak out to house field and catch some, uh, Catch some uh, army army football practices, I think, right? No, I'll be there one hundred percent. That's all, that's all, and I mean, just re- real quick on you know this this army football defensive line, right? That we that we've seen, um, you know, some guys uh, like Nolan Cockrell move on, and now there's guys got to step up, and I'm sure that you know that's kind of happened when you were there too. But there always seems to be um, players like you look at Atuga, right? He's a guy who really stepped up into his role. Ray Wright really stepped yep. up into his role. And there's guys there, and it's just a matter of now here's an opportunity for uh for players like um, you know, Richardson, who who played some back backup cockroll last year, and maybe he's got a chance to get more snaps. And you know, Chris Frey is a guy who's got a lot of intensity when he gets out there and goes after yeah. it. So I mean, I mean, is there anything that you see from th- th- this defensive line that maybe that you can, you know that you like about like the way they they've gotten after it um, last year, maybe what will next this season will hold. Yeah. So I, I actually, when I uh, was an AI or a GA and I, I did, I coached the D line in prep school. So these rising seniors are the, are the prepsers that I coach. And so Darius, Chris, you know, Nate Smith, we're on the D line now. And, uh, Bonsu, you know, I, I think this year they they got a lot of depth, a lot of experience, and I think they're really going to get after it. Um, I, I think you, I think we're going to see a lot, right? I think all of them are pretty uh, dynamic and you know can play a lot of different positions, but I think the experience piece is a big thing, and I think a lot of them have seen the field already, so I'm excited for them. Nate Smith, I think it's a great, great unit. Yeah, Nate Smith is a guy who I think they were, might play at like almost not necessarily an Aukerman position, but a guy who has the flexibility to play linebacker and defensive end. And he's a guy who was a situational guy for maybe Army um, last year. But he's a guy who seems like he's an energy guy and a guy who definitely – and when you have Andre Carter playing on the same defense yeah. as you, right, Carter's going to attract a lot of attention. It could be a could be a breakout season for Nate Smith possibly and those guys up front. Yeah, good. Uh, like you said, like uh, I think most attention is going to be put on Andre for sure because you know on, he's he's a beast, he's an animal. Um, so yeah, my, it's going to leave a lot of opportunity one on ones for those other guys to get after it, and uh, I, I think we're, it's about to be a really good year for them. Yeah, I, I was I was reading something online. Uh, I looked up Andre Carter twenty twenty three draft, John, and then somebody wrote that he could be a top five pick in the 2023 draft and I'm like the talent is there and I mean for that because you know the draft has happened this week right and every year I'm like Caleb Campbell right Caleb Campbell is the last army football player to be drafted in 2008 I'm like I thought John Radigan should have got drafted last year right I thought John Radigan had a good enough season I knew he was on certain teams radar and I thought he should have get drafted this year I thought maybe Nolan would get a chance um get the opportunity. But I mean, once that happens and Andre Carter does get drafted, whether whatever round it is or whatever, I think that's definitely a, a boost to the program. No doubt when that happens, right? Because 
It's good for recruiting. Um, What's your take on that? Yeah, I I 100% agree. I mean, you know, if Andre goes out there and has the year he just had or, you know, even a a better year because there is no ceiling with with him, you know, and he gets – you know, whether it's the first or the seventh round, I think it's great exposure either way. And I, if you were to go, you know, top five, like you said, like, you know, one would be the first time ever, right? An academy player. I don't know what's where Stallback got drafted, but I, yeah. but, but uh, like this day and age is unreal. And I, I'm excited to watch him play. You know, I, I've seen him at practice, you know, and he's, he's every bit of six, seven. So he definitely looks the part. And uh, he's he's gonna get after this, get after it this season. It's gonna be fun. And he's a guy like you. I mean, he loves to be like always bettering himself. He's not gonna stop. Like this season, his junior year, where he all American, right? Army all Army football, all American. Not, uh, probably not good enough for Andre Andre Carter. You know, I mean, he's gonna go after, like you said, go after it. Man, it's gonna be fun to watch. I think. But John, it was great to have you on. Get your. Um, Talk about your journey to West Point, man, all the memories, right? I mean, all the great memories of leading the Army, being a big part of the Army's resurgence in uh, college football and now being uh, at, at West Point and uh, who knows, maybe down the road having a part in the in the program too. So uh, really appreciate you hopping on. Steve had to get out of here a little early, but guys, if you're watching this, um, check out our Black Knight Nation YouTube channel. You have uh, a lot of John's teammates with interviews on there, right? Jeff Ajekum, Ryan England is on there. Um yeah, we have the Scott Flanick. We have Army legends like Pete Dawkins are, are, are in our archives. So check that out. Uh, check out our Black Knight Nation uh, Instagram account. Doing a little bit more with that. And uh, check out BlackKnightNation.com for all your all your stories on Army football. John, thanks again. Really appreciate you hopping on. Hoping to see you out there on the practice field and maybe at Mikey Stadium uh, this fall. Yeah, no, I had fun. I, I, I appreciate it, Sal. And just thanks for everything you, you and Steve do. And I, I think this is an awesome platform to uh, – you know, show the brotherhood what it's all about and, you know, to put awesome, some awesome things to light. So thanks.